Hello, it's Friday. It's Friday as always, and it's six. It's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing. That's right. It is Friday sport with myself, Aidan Raftery, and I'll be with you for the next two hours. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. As always, we'll have a, a wide range of sports, uh, sports uh, that we'll be covering over the next two, uh, the next two hours. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Thanks very much to Joe for a, a, show, a great show as always, and. Uh, Always a very interesting show with some great music and interviews. So thanks very much for that. We'd like to thank, uh, like to thank uh, our sponsors as well. Uh, Best Drive here in Roscommon for sponsoring the show, and uh, we also have uh, what we have on the show is as always we have a Premier League chat with myself, Aidan Raftery, and of course Martin Dunn. We'll also have rugby. We'll have uh, and we'll have much much more. So stay tuned. Uh, as always, you can listen to us in many ways. You can listen to us on the radio on FM ninety four point six on the web on the website www.rasfm.ie forward slash live or indeed on the TuneIn app and of course as always we'd like to hear from you why not uh, why not send in a text or a whatsapp message to 0838599748 that's 0838599748 and if you miss the show live don't worry the show is podcasted every Monday and available on um, and is available on uh the West the Ross FM website and of course don't forget every Thursday morning at ten o'clock from ten to eleven is uh GA View myself and uh, myself Aidan Raftery and guests so there's plenty of and that's also available on um it's also available on Spotify and uh, both shows are also available on AR Sports Podcast which is on Fre- which is on Facebook Twitter and also Instagram. So uh, that's all the administration out of the way, Martin. So okay. Uh, so straight into the Premiership, into the into the frying pan. No, no messing. Okay. So um, first of all, we got uh, the results from last weekend: Bournemouth two, Leicester one, Chelsea three, Wolves nil, Man City four, Southampton nil, Newcastle five, Brentford one, Brighton nil, Tottenham one, Crystal Palace two, Leeds one, West Ham three, Fulham one. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2, Everton 1, Man United 2. And there on Monday, we had Nottingham Forest 1, Aston Villa 1. Aidan, you got 5 out of 10, an improvement. I got 5 out of 10. And Noel's on a roll again. He's got 7 out of 10. So at the moment, between you and me, Aidan, it's 4-1 still. So we'll just go through some of them results, uh, just the key ones, I suppose. Uh, Man City 4, Southampton 0. Another 3 points for Man City. That saw them go top of the Premiership uh, for a while anyway. <clears throat> that man, Haaland, scored again, making it 20 goals in 13 matches. All competitions, 20 goals. Most strikers would be happy with that number for a season. Uh, De Bruyne was man of the match, and uh, he has now eight assists already this season, and he's on course to break his record uh, that he shares with Henri of 20. City had 21 shots on goal to Saints 5, and Saints had no shots on target. They may not be top of the... Uh, they may not be top, but Pep's boys are in good position on 23 points. Only once since Pep took over have they had more points. That was 25 in the season of 2017 and 18, which they went on to win. And uh, three other titles were also won with them, are only on 23 points, 20 points, and even 12 points. Uh, another game there, uh, Chelsea uh, v Wolves. Um, Chelsea uh, 3, Wolves nil. Graham Potter's first home Premier match uh, went according to plan. 
a win and no goals conceded and basically dominated the match. Go goals by Havers on the stroke of half time and second half goals by Pulisic and a goal from the the new boy uh, Broja. Uh, gave the victory to Wolves. Now, Wolves were not helped after their Bruno Large was sacked during the week before the match, but Potter is making the Blues play attractive football again and all the players competing for 90 minutes. I suppose another uh, one of the big matches of the weekend, really, was uh, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. Great match to watch for entertainment, seeing Paul twice come from behind but lose out to a penalty when Jesus was caught in the box by Thiago and the man of the match, Saka, converted the penalty on 76 minutes. The match started at a frantic pace. Martinelli given the gun as the lead in the first minute. Nunes equalised on 34 minutes, converting across. But Arsenal defender Gabriel did not track Nunes's run. Saka scored Gunners second five minutes into injury time in the first half. In form, Firmino scored an equaliser for Poole on 53 minutes. Uh, I do question why Klopp does not start him instead of uh, being put on the bench. Gunners were not to be denied the win when midfielder Thiago attempted to get the ball before Jesus from across, but only caught Arsenal forward. A soft penalty, but a correct decision. And uh, I believe a deserved three points for Arteta's Gunners that see them return to the top of the table. Um, Aidan, any opinion on that match yourself, being a, an avid Liverpool fan? Yeah, um, well, look, at, you, you know, they, did, they went back behind early on. on Arsenal were, were kind of, the, throughout the whole game, they were, they were kind of the better team, Arsenal were. Um, I thought, like, you know, when, they went, when Arsenal went 1-0 up and then Liverpool equalised, I think, the, you know, they deserved the equaliser because they, you know, they played on well, they played well. But I think at half-time, I think Firmino, they started to play a bit better when, when Firmino came on. Um, he just has that extra, that, that extra something. I'm like yourself, Martin, I think. I don't know why he persists with leaving mm. him on the bench. Should I mean, starting. you know, and, and actually, I think he should. I think he should start against yeah. a Man City this weekend. He's scoring. Um, he's scoring for fun now. Yeah, yeah and that's. Uh, well, you see, what will happen is if they keep playing him on the bench and like giving him bit, par- bits and pieces of starts, you know, bringing him on and then starting him and taking him off and all that. He will lose that kind of sharpness that he has, and that thing, you know, because mm. you, you need regular, you need regular starts or regular, regular games. And um, I, I think really it is. I, I'm still not consi- I'm still not fully convinced by Nunez. He is a good player. Has he? Has he really kind of justified his tag? Not, not so yet. sure. He's possibly um, injured now. Yeah, that's it. So maybe maybe that could be that could be uh, Firmino's window of opportunity. Of course, Jota is playing playing well, but I think you know it's it's hard to argue. Even though I'm a Liverpool fan, it's hard to argue for a well deserved uh, well deserved win for for Arsenal. But mm. I think it, it, for throughout the game, in stages, Liverpool gave them a game. But um, they'll have to play much more. They'll have to play an awful lot better against City this weekend. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. I'll get your thoughts on that later. Uh, another game here. Everton won Man United 2, despite going behind on five minutes to a superb goal by Awobi. Santo equalised for United, and Ronaldo, who came on as a sub for injured uh, Martial, on 20 minutes, scored the winner and his 700th club career goal on 44 minutes. He scored 450 for Real Madrid, 144 for Man United, 101 for Juve, and five sporting five for Sporting Lisbon. Uh, best goal scorer of all time, possibly. Uh, 
Mm. I mean, people do say Pele and um, that little magician at uh, PSG, Messi. Yeah. Messi. But um, whether he's the top clear goal scorer, it's, it's it's slightly in dispute. But to me, he probably is the best goal scorer of, uh, of all time. Uh, Ronaldo uh, was best player, followed by Casemiro. Uh, who showed all his experience bossing the midfield. Uh, five wins in six for Dan Hag. Another uh, an impressive win for Newcastle as well. 5-1 against Brentford. Impressive uh, for Eddie Howe's Magpies and outstanding man of the match. Uh, gu- uh, pr- pronounce this wrong, probably. Guimaris scoring two and assisting one. Uh, Toons move up to sixth with only one defeat in all season so far. I uh, must mention, obviously, uh, the draw for the Euro 22, 20, uh, 24 was made and it uh, doesn't get much tougher. Um, Ireland landed in Group B uh, amongst teams like Netherlands, France, the world champions, Greece, who are no uh, walkover as well, and Gibraltar. So uh, if you look at the world rankings, uh, France are fourth at the moment, Netherlands are eighth, Ireland are 49th and Greece are 52 and Gibraltar is 204. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. But I think, I personally believe, so so be it. Let it be tough. Let them go for it. And Because uh, any of them groups are going to be tough but it might bring out the best in them who knows you know well anything can happen in the group stages and of course uh, you know you'd like to think that the bad performances maybe are, are out of their system um, at this stage but uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of that uh, that uh, Nations League it means extra games and that's good that's good maybe for the Ireland team because a number of the players in the Irish team aren't getting first team football only patches um but and and they're getting games for Ireland. But really, you need to be playing at club level to be at your very best week in week out to get a, to, if for Ireland to do better. But uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's also maybe people people might have forgotten that maybe you know Greece are uh, former European champions as well. Yeah. Two thousand and six, I believe. Yeah, they're, 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 pretty, they're, they're so. pretty useful. Just mention the other. Um, Obviously, other nations there. Scotland are in Group A. They're playing Spain, which, again, is not an easy game. Norway are never easier than And they also got Georgia and Cyprus. Um, um, England have got a fairly tough group. Uh, they're in against Italy again, the, uh, the champions who beat them in the final. Uh, they've got Ukraine as well, North Macedonia and Malta. Wales are in Group D. They're playing Croatia, Armenia, Turkey and... Uh, Latvia, um, not easy group either because Croatia and uh, and uh, Turkey are pretty handy, and Northern Ireland are playing uh, Group H: Denmark, Finland, Slo- Slovenia, Kazakhstan, and San Marino. So we've got to, that that to look forward. But of course, we know the World Cup is before that, so we don't we're not going to get too carried away with that either. But uh, Ireland know what they've got in the future, so they'll plan, and I hope Kenny is uh, ready for them. Um, Champions League, Aiden, there's some results there we'll go through. Uh, Tuesday, we had AC Milan nil, Chelsea 2, um, FC Copenhagen nil, Man City nil. Uh, it's a bit unusual for City not to win a game, but they did have a player sent off, and they would have rested a lot of players in that, so City have qualified out of the group. Then on Wednesday, uh, a tough game there range for Liverpool. Rangers 1, Liverpool 7. 
Uh, Mo Salah came on a second-half sub and scored the fastest hat-trick in Champions League history uh, within six minutes. So that's uh, that's some scoring, especially when he's had a bit of a drought. And then Group D, uh, a tight game as well. Well, for Tottenham anyway. Uh, Tottenham 3, Eintracht Frankfurt 2. Two goals for Son and one penalty for Kane. Kane also missed a penalty as well. And then in Europa League, uh, Bodo Glimt nil, Arsenal won, a goal by Saka. And in Group E, Man United won, uh, Omonia, Nicosica, Nicosica, Nicosia, 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 Genie Macaroni. Put down that lager. Uh, McTominay scoring a very late goal there. Now, Martin, I, I saw this game last night, and mm. United had chance after chance after chance. And it's unreal, it's unreal the amount of chance, and they just couldn't put them away. Now, we have to give a special mention to the goalkeeper, who was amazing. He made some absolutely fantastic saves. Like I say, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and funny enough, he's actually a Man United fan, and uh, his hero is uh, David De Gea, he, who he met afterwards. So <laughs> it was, uh, I suppose, it was bittersweet for him. A fantastic goalkeeper uh, in Uoho, so uh, a knows, he, he, he might end up in the Premiership. You never know. Well, I tell you, whoever, whoever, if any club does have the sense to buy him, they're they're buying a solid goalkeeper because he was unreal. He made some fantastic mm. saves. I'm sure listeners out there uh, that that saw would, would agree. Uh, I suppose he, if it wasn't for him, the, the, they could have lost it by a lot more. Was Ronaldo on the pitch? He was, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. and uh, he actually congratulated the goalkeeper on, on, Just on one of them days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, and we mustn't. We obviously got to mention, uh, I suppose, the story of the week. Of the week, Ireland's women team having qualified for the first major finals, the World Cup next summer, with a win uh, in the World Cup playoff, one nil away to Scotland. Um, Courtney Brosnan saved a penalty for Ireland against uh, Ware of Scotland. And then O'Sullivan came off the uh, off the bench. A, a Donegal woman, as far as I know, scored the vital goal and 72 minutes, booking a trip to Australia and New Zealand next summer. So brilliant, brilliant achievement. That's it, and of course uh, Amber Barris as well. Um, you know, she's from she's actually from Donegal. And was that the girl who scored the goal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like when you consider, um, I suppose the tragedy at, at the weekend. Um, you know what a fantastic girl to be able to, to go out that, despite everything that happened at the weekend. Maybe you know people that she would have known. Um, you know that that happened to. You know to go out and play an international match and yeah. to, to have the game that you know a, a very special lady and uh, very well very well done to her. What's uh, her name, Aiden again? Amber Barris. Why have I got oh, Sullivan? I've made an error there. Then I've, <laughs> I've recorded Sullivan was the goal scorer on seventy-two minutes. Yeah. But no, but it was Barrett. Yeah. So apologies there. Yeah, a uh, great performance and kind of uh, yeah, kind of fitting that uh, he she was the one to score the goal. Uh, Women's Super League this weekend, uh, Saturday, 15th October, Aston Villa v West Ham. Then on Sunday, we've got Man United, Brighton, Everton, Chelsea, Man City, Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool and Reading for v Arsenal. And just moving on now, we'll, we've got two rounds of fixtures, Aidan. It's yeah. one of them weeks again with the World Cup, Cup coming up, I suppose, uh, around Christmas time. So uh, we'll go through the first round for uh, fixtures, which I will basically call round round 10 uh, Brentford uh, on this is this evening Brentford are playing Brighton Brentford 11th at the moment and uh, on 10 points 
Brighton on 14 points. Uh, they only played twice before in the Premiership. Seagulls completing the double last season over the Bees, 1-0 away and 2-0 at home. So uh, I know you've got Noel's predictions. I'll get you them. I'll get them at the end of this one, and then ask for your Noel's for the next group as well. But uh, yeah, Brentford be Brighton. Aiden, what do you fancy there? Brentford be Brighton. Uh, you'd have to go for Brighton. Brighton, you know, um, despite Graham Potter departing from it, the, the new guy that took over, he's not doing too bad. But then he was left. He was left a squad in very good condition, wasn't he? Um, you know, a very talented squad. Yeah, I think that. I think that it, it might be tough, but. Then again, it's like I said on numerous occasions, with Ericsson gone, you know, it should be still a bit easier. But their uh, Brentford are still a formidable outfit. But I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go for Brighton. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I see where you're going now. I'm going to go for the draw because I think Brentford are not easy to beat either. Then on Saturday we've got Leicester rock bottom at the moment, four points, playing Crystal Palace who are fifteenth on nine points, played twenty times in the Premiership, all square, eight wins each. Foxes took four points off the Eagles last season, win this fixture 2-1 back in April. Palace no wins against Foxes in the last six Premiership matches, four defeats and two draws at home. Eagles yet to win away this season, Foxes only one win all season. Leicester v Palace. Leicester v Palace, I'm going to go for Palace on this one. Okay, I will go for a draw again. Um, then we've got Fulham on ninth position at the moment, 11 points against Bournemouth, who are eighth on 12 points. Only met twice in the Premiership back in 2018 and 19 season, one win each. Last time the Cottages won against the Cherries at home in a league match was over 30 years ago. That was in Division 3. Fulham, for 11 points. The Bournemouth, who are 12 points. So two teams that are very close to each other, Aidan. Uh, who are you going for? Fulham and Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Oh, I think I, I think for I think Fulham. Okay. Uh, I'd say Mitrovic if he's back, they could be uh, favourites. But I will go for a draw based on that. Maybe Mitrovic ain't playing. But uh, I don't know the latest on their injuries. Uh, next game we've got Aiden is Wolves, who are 18th at the moment, against Nottingham Forest, who are 19th. You could argue this is a six-pointer. Um, this will be the first time the Cottages and the Cherries have met in the Premiership. Forest no wins away this season, one draw and three defeats. Only one team has a worse away record so far this season, and that's Leicester, who are bottom. Wolves and Forest only one win so far this season. Wolves only one win in the last 16 Premiership matches. Forest only scored one goal in four matches away this season. So we've got two teams that are struggling, Aiden. Uh, ones that sticking to their manager, obviously the other team that didn't stick to their manager. Uh, I'm not sure if they've even got the new manager yet, but uh, this is definitely a six-pointer early in the season. Wolves see Nottingham Forest. I was very tempted to go for um, a Wolves win, but um, you know when you consider that they're still looking for a manager, or a, recent, a manager has just only recently been appointed. Um, I think this is more kind of in a draw region, so I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a draw. Okay, I will go for Wolves. And then we've got uh, Tottenham, uh, who are third at the moment on 20 points against Everton, who are on 10 points. They've met 60 times in the Premiership. Bragging rights go to Spurs, 28 wins to to Toffees, 9 wins. Spurs took four points off the Toffees last season, winning this fixture 5-0 back in March. Toffees only one win in the Premiership in the last 10 years v Spurs. That's 19 matches. Spurs have won... 
I mean, we'll be back in one moment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. And uh, just uh, as, as we know, we uh, we all have in our minds, um, of course, naturally enough, about the the tragedy that happened in Donegal um, over the weekend there, and uh, night where ten people lost their lives. And uh, just a, just a little thing that I thought would be nice is that. Uh, if we we did a minute silence on the show, just out, out of respect, so uh, we'll just go for a minute silence, starting from now. Hello, folks, and you're very welcome back. Uh, next up, we're, we just need a few minutes here. So uh, next up, we're going to we have uh, All Ireland J memories with myself and Tommy with myself and Tommy Dowling, and that's coming up now. All's great here, Tommy, and I hope all is well down in Kerry. Yes, all is well here down in the kingdom. That's good, that's good. So I suppose just to let the listeners know, this week we're talking about the, the All-Ireland Senior Football Final of 2000. And this is a, this was a, a rare, a rare uh, replay, um, well, for, for back in those times. Uh, it was a replay. The first game was a great game between two great football insides, uh, Kerry and Galway. Um, but what was the, uh, I suppose, was the, the score in the first game as in, you know, as ending level, did that reflect? Was that reflected in the performance? Did the did the performance reflect the uh, the scoreline or the uh, the fact that it went to a draw? Or should one or other te- like was it as open as maybe, or was it as tight as the scoreline suggested? Ending level uh, for it to go into a replay. Well, I suppose really in the first game, I can be, I can remember back is that Kerry were close on that day. I think there were seven points. Uh, clear at one stage, but in fairness, um, Galway came back at him and they finished the draw at 14 points all. So I suppose really it went forward to the following week, and I suppose people were looking forward to it. Really, it was, it was a real uh, home digger of a match. But I suppose really, I suppose looking at Galway that year, they, they did a very good team as well, and Kerry had a very good team. And I suppose really, I suppose, you know, I suppose if you look at the start of the championship that year, I suppose Galway beat, 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 beat Leeds from in, um, in Connacht, won 13 to 8 points. Um, Kildare beat the Dubs after replay. Kerry beat Clare 3, 15 to 8 points. And Armagh beat Derry, won 12 to 11. In the semi-finals, Kerry beat Armagh after replay, 2, 15 to 1, 15. And Galway beat um, 15 to 2, 6. So then we went to the All-Ireland final and it was a 14-all draw. So I suppose really, uh, I suppose the big thing, I suppose really before this final, I suppose Jeff Allen was missing for Galway and I suppose really the Kerry might have been slight favourites, but I think in fairness it was a very good game that day. I think really been true, but you, I think that Johnny Crowley got the open score for Kerry that day, and I think. Dick- Hello, folks. Now you're very welcome back. Sorry about that. Uh, we just something we need to sort out there. So yes, Martin, you were going through uh, fixtures there. Yeah, I just continued. There. Sorry about the technical issue there. Um, so uh, yeah, we were talking about Tottenham there, weren't we? So. Yeah. Uh, Spurs have won all their home f- f- uh, matches. And uh, just bear with me a second, sorry. You're right. Um, they've won all their home matches for them this season. Toffees only two wins in uh, 22 away premiership matches. Uh, some Spurs fans are not happy with uh, Conte's style of play, but uh, they have five points more than they did last season at this stage so only one defeat compared to four last season so Spurs not to to be written off after the defeat to the Gunners same as last season 
when uh, Arsenal beat beat them uh, early in the season but uh, Spurs got their revenge so uh, on Sunday then we've got Aston Villa uh, on 8 points the 16th against Chelsea who are on uh, the 4th at the moment on 16 points Blues completed a double over Villa last season winning this fixture away 3-1 in December uh, of 2021 Villa only one win over the Blues in the last 10 Premiership matches 8 defeats and 1 draw Blues unbeaten since Graham Potter took over as manager Winning the last three Premiership matches, Villa unbeaten in four, which includes a home draw against uh, Man City. Uh, Villa v uh, Chelsea, Aidan. Villa v Chelsea. Well, um, you'd have to, I'd have to go for Chelsea on that one. Okay. And um, sorry, and the, the Tottenham game. Who did you go for there? The Tottenham game. Tottenham and Tottenham were playing. Uh, just going back again. Sorry. Tottenham Everton I'd go for Tottenham on that yeah and I will as well um, just on Tottenham there just quickly Martin um, Tottenham are keen to open talks with Antonio Conte this month so that will be uh, it will be essential to, to Spurs to uh, secure his services for well consistency. I wouldn't say essential but uh, they probably will do yeah um, so um, Leeds are playing Arsenal uh, Leeds 14 for 9 points Arsenal obviously top of the table 24 points Gunners completed a double last season winning this fixture 4-1 away in December 2021 2003 was the last time the Peacocks beat the Gunners in the Premiership uh, 2000 was the last time Leeds beat Arsenal at Ellen Road uh, Leeds not lost at home this season 2 wins and 2 draws Leeds no wins in 5 matches Arsenal at present uh, have uh, the best away form in the Premiership despite losing one match to Man United. Gunners have played nine Premiership matches uh, this season so far, 1-8, lost one. Arsenal have been top before after nine games with 25 points and yet still did not win the Premiership. That was in 2004 and 5, 2007 and 8, and as did Newcastle as well in 95-96. So with that stat in mind, and the way Man City are playing Arsenal, and fans are not getting carried away, uh, but no reason why they can't enjoy the moment. Um, Man United are playing uh, Newcastle. Man United fifth at the moment, Newcastle sixth. Only a point in between them. Red Devils took four points off the Magpies last season, winning this fixture 4-1 back in September 2021. Red Devils have only lost once to the Magpies in the Premiership at Old Trafford, and that was December 2013. That is one loss in 27 matches, so they've got a formidable uh, home record against uh, Newcastle. Uh, Man United have won five of the last six Premiership matches. Uh, the only loss was obviously to Man City. Twins only one defeat this season, and that was to Liverpool away. And if I remember that, they were a bit unfortunate to lose that game. Uh, Man United, Newcastle, Aidan. Uh, Man United, I'm going to go for um, only just, but I'm going to go for Man United and Arsenal and the other game. Okay, and I will also go for uh, Arsenal, and I will go for a draw. I think Newcastle. That's quite possible, man. Yeah, I think Newcastle are good enough. Um, they're showing a lot of character, but you never know what Man United do you. Uh, Southampton are 17th against West Ham, who are 13. 
13th at the moment. Uh, West Ham 10 points, Southampton 7 points. Saints took 4 points off the Hammers last season. This fixture ended up as a draw in September 2021. Saints have the second worst home form in the Premiership at the moment. 4 points out of possible 12. Saints only 1 win in the last 10 Premiership matches at home. Uh, Saints only three wins in the last 21 Premiership matches. Hammers only two wins in the last 12 away matches in Premiership. So uh, both teams not uh, firing on all cylinders, but uh, you have to say West Ham are probably just turning the corner there with two wins on the trot. Uh, Southampton, West Ham. Um, I'm very tempted to go for a draw, but I think um, I'm going to go for West Ham on this one. Okay, and I am tempted for a draw, so I'm going for the draw. And then we've got Liverpool... Uh, v Man City, the big match of the weekend, although Liverpool only 10th in the Premiership compared to Man City 2nd. Last season, both t- uh, matches ended in two all draws. The Reds have only lost twice uh, v City at home in the Premiership. That was 2021 and 2003, uh, and that's in 25 matches. So they haven't got a bad record. Uh, Poole undefeated at home this season, two wins and two draws. Man City, the only team undefeated in the English League this season. They've played four away, two wins and two draws. Draws were against Villa and Newcastle. Man City is unbeaten in the last 22 Premiership away matches. Man City unbeaten in the last 21 Premiership matches and only one defeat in 36 Premiership matches. Uh, Liverpool undefeated in the last 27 home Premiership matches. Uh, And I have to ask you this question, who and when was Liverpool's last home defeat? Uh, I'm putting you on the... on the spot now, mate. Um, At least it's not live. <laughs> um, right, well, I'm, I'm going to go for last year. Last season, I should say. Yeah. Um, crikey. Uh, towards the end of the season. Actually, I'm can... trying to think, was it last season? No, it wouldn't have been. It would have been the season before. The season, um, against Villa? No. Oh. I'll put you out of your misery. They lost <laughs> 1-0 to Fulham on 7th of March, two thousand and. 21. You might give me Noel's predictions there, even quickly. Yeah, the- Noel's, Noel's predictions are as follows, and be interesting to get your thoughts on these, Martin. Um, well, just we won't have time, unfortunately. No, no. Uh, Brighton, he went for Brighton, yeah. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, no, uh, Bournemouth yeah. Wolves, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Man United. Um, West Ham. Yeah, Man City. Okay, that's that'll do for the moment. Then we'll just go on to our next uh, next round of matches, Aiden. Yep. And uh, sorry for the delay, folks. We did have technical issues earlier on. Uh, Premier round. Uh, this is you could say round eleven. The fixtures. This is from Tuesday. So we got Brighton v Nottingham Forest. Obviously, we don't know what positions these teams are going to be. So uh, first time to meet in the Premiership. Uh, Brighton v uh, Nottingham Forest, Aiden. Brighton v Nottingham Forest. Oh, you'd have to, I'm going to go for Nottingham Forest. Or, sorry, Brighton, sorry. Okay, and I will do the same. And then we've got Crystal Palace v Wolves. Eagles completed a double over Wolves last season, winning both matches 2-0. Eagles have won the last three matches in the Premier, and Wolves failed to score a goal. Palace v Wolves. I'm going to go for Palace. Same here. And then we've got Bournemouth v Southampton. 
nothing to say on them ones, I'm afraid. So, Bournemouth, Southampton. Bournemouth, Southampton. I'll go for... Do you know what? I'm going to go for a draw. OK, as a draw, I will go for Bournemouth. And then we've got Brentford v Chelsea. Only met twice in the Premier, which was last season. They both had away wins, and last match was a 4-1 win for the Bees at Stamford Bridge back in April. Brentford v Chelsea. I'm going to go for Chelsea on this one. The Potter Magic. I will as well. And then we've got Liverpool uh, coming, uh, well, no, they're staying at home, uh, against West Ham. Both won their respective home matches last season, with Poole winning 1-0 back in March. Only one win for the Hammers v the Reds in the last 12 Premiership matches. Liverpool-West Ham. I'm going to go for Liverpool. You sure now? Yeah. OK, same here. And then we've got Newcastle-Everton. Magpies and Toffees won their respective home matches last season, with Toons winning this match uh, last season 3-1. Next goal scored in this fixture will be the 105th in the Premiership. Newcastle Everton. Joe, I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for Newcastle on this one. Same here. And then we've got uh, Man United v Tottenham. Interesting game. Red Devils complete the double over Spurs last season, winning this match last season, 3-2 in March. Man United Tottenham, not an easy one to choose there. No, uh, only the width of a, pa- uh, a piece of paper into this one. Uh, I'm going to go for Spurs on this one. OK, I'm going for Man United, surprisingly. Uh, then Thursday, 20th October, we've got Fulham v Aston Villa. Villa completed the double over the cottages last season, winning this fixture last season 3-0 away in September 2001. Fulham v Gerrard's Aston Villa. Fulham, Aston Villa... I'm going to go for a draw on that one. OK. And I will go for a draw as well. And then we've got, finally, we've got Leicester v Leeds. Uh, met 20 times in the Premiership, all square, nine wins each and two draws. Foxes took four points off the Whites last season, winning this fixture 1-0 back in March. Leicester, rock bottom anyway, before this game was anyway, uh, against Leeds. Leicester versus Leeds. I'd still go for Leicester. Wow, OK, bottom of the table. I'm going for a draw on that one. What's Noel's predictions, Aidan? Noel's predictions are Brighton, Wolves. Brighton, Wolves. Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool. Newcastle. Newcastle. Uh, Man United. Man United. Fulham and Leeds. Fulham. Just leads. Okay, thanks for that. So we'll just move on, Aiden, quickly. And um, NFL American football results quickly. Uh, Indianapolis Colts 12, Denver Broncos 9, New York Giants 27, Green Bay Packers 22, Tennessee Titans 21, Washington 15, LA Chargers 30, Cleveland Browns 28, Detroit Lions 0, New England Patriots 29, Seattle Seahawks 32, New Orleans Saints 39, Miami Dolphins 17, New York Jets 40, Atlanta Falcons 15, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21, Chicago Bears 22, Minnesota Vikings 29, Pittsburgh Steelers 3, Buffalo Bills 38, Houston Texas 13, Jacksonville Jaguars 6, San Francisco 49ers 37, Carolina Panthers 15, unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles 20, Arizona Cardinals 17, Dallas Cowboys 22, Los Angeles Rams 10, Cincinnati Bengals 17, Baltimore Ravens 19, Los Angeles Las Vegas Raiders 29, Kansas Chiefs 30, 
And this week's matches quickly are going to be Washington, Chicago, Tampa Bay v. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals v. New Orleans Saints, Minnesota Vikings v. Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars v. Indianapolis Colts, New York Jets v. Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots v. Cleveland, Baltimore v. New York Giants, San Francisco uh, against the Falcons, Carolina Panthers against the Rams, Arizona Cardinals against the Seahawks, Buffalo Bills, Kansas Chiefs, and then Monday we've got Dallas Cowboys against the only unbeaten team in the American Football League, Philadelphia Eagles, and then on Tuesday, Denver Broncos v. Los Angeles Chargers. That is it, Aiden. That's it. And just moving on, uh, just uh, for all you uh, Roscommon District Football League fans out there, just to bring you up to date on the fixtures from this week. And uh, starting with this evening, uh, the 14th of October 2022, in the Roscommon District Football League First Division, Shivan Rovers are at home to Balnagara Manor, a game I'm going to be going to very soon, as you know, I'm involved with that team. So that's going to be a, a very interesting uh, interesting clash. You know, Shivan Rovers are a good team. Uh, better than the cup last week, last season, uh, the first division cup last season. Um, we're looking forward to playing them. That'll be a very interesting game. And uh, this Sunday in the FAI Junior Cup fixtures, uh, uh, October the sixteenth, twenty twenty-two, second round Mayo Football League, Roscommon Football League, Roscommon District Football League, and the Sligo Leitrim League. So uh, it's Boyle Celtic versus Castlebar Celtic. Uh, Ballinasloe Town AFC versus Ballina Town AFC or FC and uh, Con Rangers versus St John's Athletics. All games are at 2pm. Moving on to the Roscommon District Football League Premier Division. Balhadrine versus uh, Castlery Celtic with a 2pm kick uh, kickoff and Moyla 79 versus Kilcarran at 2pm. And uh, in the First Division, Dunmore Town take on Ballinasloe Town B with an 11am kickoff and uh, Dysart versus Cam Celtic at 2pm. And moving on to the second division, Sky Valley Rovers B versus Glen Celtic with an 11 a.m. kickoff, and and uh, St John's Athletic B versus Rahara Rovers has been postponed. St John's Athletic um, first team uh, is a, is an exter- are playing in an external competition, so players are will be with them. And uh, moving on to the women's division, which is great to see, um, Castlery Celtic Women's Football Club. Versus Balladrine Women's Football Club with a 2 p.m. kickoff. Cam Celtic Women's Women's uh, Football Club versus Balanso Town Women's Football Club with a 2 p.m. throw in or kick kickoff. Uh, Kilcarran United versus Shivan Rovers with a 2 p.m. kickoff. Uh, St Coons Ahaskra are away to Coman's Town and that throw, that kicks off at 2 p.m. And uh, on ne- next Friday we'll uh, we'll go to we'll. Uh, We'll be mentioning next uh, next Friday evening's fixtures next week. So that's that's it all. That's all the the sock for this week. Thanks very much, Martin, for doing uh, the Premier League chat and covering all the European games as well. So uh, next up, we have uh, All Ireland GA matters with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course, as always, we have uh, Tommy Dowling, and that is coming up after this. All's well here, Tommy, and I hope all is well down there. Yes, all well down here in the Kingdom of Kerry. That's good, that's good. I'd like to welcome all the listeners to this week's All-Ireland GA, GA Memories with myself, Aidan Raffrey, and as always, we have uh, Tommy Dowling from Kerry, one of uh, Kerry's biggest fans. And uh, yeah, there's a, this week we're covering a great game, um, the 2001 All-Ireland Senior Football Final between... 
and Mead and what a match it was and it also showed the emergence of a great cornerback for Galway in Kieran Fitzgerald but I suppose to, to kick off the, the podcast we'll, uh, we'll start off with the starting teams for both teams on the day Well I suppose really this has been a unique all Ireland this year and Galway would have been hurt from the year before this was the year of the back door so the 2001 Galway team they had 10 of the players which played in 2000 in goals we had Alex Keane in two, the great man himself, Kieran Fitzgerald. In three, Gary Fahey. Four, Richie Fahey. Number five that day was Declan Meehan. Six was Tomas Mannion. Seven was Sean Ogdepoor. Eight was Kevin Welsh. Nine was Michael Dandon. Ten was Joe Bergen. Eleven was Paul Clancy. Twelve was Jeff Allen. Thirteen was Derek Savage. Fourteen was Patrick Joyce. And fifteen was Tommy Joyce. And on the meet team that day, in goals, we had Cormac O'Sullivan. Number two with Mark O'Reilly. Darren Fay, the captain, was number three. Cormac Murphy was at four. Donald Curtis was at five. Hank Trainer was at six. Nigel Nestor, who was sent off that day, was at number seven. Uh, Nigel Crawford was at number eight. John McDermott was at number nine. Evan Kelly was at ten. The great Trevor Giles was at eleven. Richie Healy was at... Keeley was at 12. Ali Murphy was at 13. Graham Gerrity was at 14. And Ray McGee was at number 15. So that was a great, they were two great teams. Uh, I suppose, like I said there at the start, you know, the emergence of Kieran Fitzgerald, he was a great minor. He scored a, he scored a wonderful winning point in the under-20 final against uh, against Mayo in the Connor final at under-20 level. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously John O'Mania had been keeping an eye on him and saw him, saw him Saw something in him and brought him into the squad. Played in an A versus B uh, game, and uh, you know, I suppose that this is where, where uh, his talent emerged from. And this, this is this was the the start of what was a glittering career. It was, and I suppose really people forget that job that Ross Common had beaten Galway in the Connacht semi final, and only for the back door that Galway got back through. Then they went in the long way. They beat Wicklow. They beat Armagh. They beat Cork and they beat Derry, and eventually they came out from the back door, and they beat Roscommon in the quarter-final of the All-Ireland. They beat Derry in the semi-final of the All-Ireland. So the back door helped us Galway's teams this year, because if it was the year before, they would have been out. And of course, looking at Galway as well, I mean, they had other talents. I mean, Joe Bergen in midfield. They also had Michael, uh, they also ha- had um, Michael, Ma- Ma- Michael Mahan as well. So they had some very good team. Of course, they had experience. They, they also had, well, they had good experience, as you say, 10 players from the 2000 team, which were hurting. And I think uh, no better way to go into an All-Ireland final the following year after losing an All-Ireland, um, because I suppose that really drives you on. Even though it was against different opposition, um, you know, there's nothing there's nothing as dangerous as a wounded line, I suppose. There is no, and I suppose really, and the outset of this All-Ireland final was a very low-scoring game in the first half. That year, it was six all, but I think really, in fairness, Patrick Joyce, he took full advantage of the weaknesses in this meet side. And in fairness, he got nine points in the second half. He's outstanding. And I suppose really, I was watching last night, Kevin Welch, he gave a top class to stay. Declan Meehan was outstanding. I mean, his runs from start to the finish, he caused problems for the whole meet back line. It was a fantastic, um, it was a fantastic overall performance by 
I um, Galway in the second half that day because I think in fairness Meath only scored two points in the second half of the All-Ireland final that day and I think Galway blitzed them in the second half they looked outstanding in the second half their pace their power from all over the field their defensive system I mean they were just a pure powerhouse they knocked Meath for six in fairness in the second half and of course, um, as, as we said in last week's podcast as well, um, there, there was a number of uh, players still in the side from the two, from the nineteen ninety eight team that won the All Ireland as well. So uh, you, you know that that showed that that was good for the younger players that have just come into the side. As in, those other players would have known, like you know, mentally the mental strengths required and what it takes to win an All Ireland. Not only the mental strength but also the type of training and I suppose what you have to do to be to, to not only to get to an All-Ireland final but to win an All-Ireland title and I think you know that was key that year as well as the fact that like we just said uh, as well as the fact that they were hurting from the year before and I think sometimes too you can get beat sometimes it can make you a better side the following year you can come out you can be more hungry or you can be more focused and I think your game came up a bit and I think in fairness this Galway team, even though that, as I said earlier on, that Ross Common beat him that year in the Connacht semi-final, 12 to 14 points. Galway went through the back door. They beat Wicklow, Armagh, Cork and Derry. Came out in the quarter-final. They beat Ross Common again. They beat Derry. This was a huge learning process. This is an, an extra amount of games. The more games this, the more, the more games they got this year through the back door, the stronger they got. They went into Crow Park in the All-Ireland final day. It was six all at half-time. At full-time, it was 17-8. They were worthy winners. They were a way better side than me that day. They were strong from all over the field. I mean, in fairness, their forward line was outstanding that day. Their defensive structure was unreal altogether. They just locked down. They had they won everything from 1 to 15. They were worthy All-Ireland champions. And of course, like, you know, looking at both teams as well with the talent, uh, like we say every week, both, both very talented defences and and forwards. But I, I think this is a game where you you couldn't say that the, both, either team were, were wasteful. It was more that um, the opposing defences made it harder for uh, each other's forwards, given the the, the quality in, in all sections of the field. But it made it made for it made for a great game as well. And I suppose really when you look at it as well, just just another point. It was uh, I suppose the turning of the game to a certain extent would have been uh, would, would have been uh, Trevor Giles missing the penalty that's right Trevor Giles missed the penalty that day in the second half and I suppose really there were only two points behind at that stage and I think really their heads dropped after that then Ali Murphy I think he broke his hand in the 50s in the, I think it was the 48 minute the 48th minute he broke his hand that day Nigel Nestor he was sent off on the second yellow so things didn't go well for me that day missing the penalty a player broke his hand and another player went off. It was things that came against him in the second half. And in fairness, look, in the All-Ireland final, it's the scores that win. They only got two points in the second half. For the players they had that, that they meet, like in the second half, it was a very, very poor return altogether. But I suppose really for, for this, for this uh, I suppose the next generation of a Galway team, it was essential for them to, to win that game just to, I suppose for the younger players because I suppose the likes of Kieran Fitzgerald as well, like having, having won a, a, an All-Ireland under-20 medal with, with Galway, um, I suppose as, uh, as, his on, as part of his ongoing development, to kind of get to Crow Park at senior level and win an All-Ireland was essential for his development. But I suppose after that, you know, Galway never kind of 
I suppose, capitalise on that potential of the younger players that were coming through because Galway always have talented players, just like Kerry coming through. But they just said they just couldn't feed into that, I suppose, after that because that was the last time they won the All Ireland. It was, yeah, and I think really it was the last time they had been in the final as well. And I think really, I think for the for the quality of players that Galway had, like I know they were beaten the year before and they won in '98, and I thought they would have pushed on from this eight. And in fairness, no, but in fairness, if you look through the 2000s, Armagh won 2002, Tyrone won three, Kerry won four, Tyrone won five, Kerry won six, Kerry won seven, Tyrone won eight, Kerry won nine, Cock won ten, Dublin won eleven, Donegal won twelve, or Dublin won thirteen, Kerry won fourteen. Then Dublin took over; they done the five in the row. Tyrone came back and Kerry won one so God we were out to the fair for the last couple of years until they got to the All-Ireland final and as I said with the under-20s and the minors they had they should have done a lot better but I suppose really looking at looking at last season now you'd have to say like you know with Galway with the Galway senior footballers getting to the All-Ireland final yeah they didn't they didn't win the All-Ireland but they played very well um, they, uh, they they gave Kerry a, a mighty game they, they, they didn't make it easy for Kerry and also when you when you consider the fact that the, the Galway minors won they're going to be serious players, you know. Whatever players come through from that minor team will balls will will be the future of uh, the Galway the Galway team because uh, I suppose those those players haven't had a taste of of All Ireland glory at minor level. They'll know they, they they'll be coming through the system then and coming into the uh, getting into the Galway the Gal the Galway squad uh, with um, with enthusiasm. You know, having been used to winning all Irelands and things like that, they'll have enthusiasm and they'll want to, they'll want to get on, get on and win that, win an all Ireland senior senior medal, which is, is never easy at senior. But you know, this was a this was a great game. It was a, a very fine day, and it was I, I thought it was a very good game. And uh, but I suppose really incidents are uh, from looking at the game. I suppose in the first half, first of all, and then in the second half, and maybe what might have been said at half time. Any key incidents that might have turned the game, of course, as we just said there, the penalty shoot, the, the penalty missed by um, by Trevor Giles would have been a key part. But um, I suppose positional switches and substitutions as well, and of course, how could you how could you forget the the man on the sideline for me that day as well? Oh yeah, he's probably one that probably up there, probably one of the greatest managers of all time. In fairness, I suppose really, I suppose if you look at Galway, like Galway had a replay the year before with Kerry. Some people should have felt they should have beat Kerry the first game. Kerry came out and they pounded them the second game. This team was hurt. In fairness, Ross Common beat them in the, in the semi-final of Connacht that year. Another year they would have been gone, but they came back with the extra games. They found their form. They got the crow Park. In fairness, Patrick Joyce, what an all-Ireland fine they had that day. He got 10 points and 9 of them points came from the second half. I think it was Patrick Joyce's final really been true for sure. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I suppose going through the scores for both sides as well. Uh, so some great talent on show up for, up front for both sides. Um, even though, like you, you were saying, it, it wasn't Mead's day on the day as regards performance wise. If you compare that to maybe matches on the way on the way to the All Ireland final, they would have had better performances. But to, to be fair, to to um, to understand to be understanding for for me, they were up against a tough team in Galway who were cultured and, like we said, motivated and were hungry to win, having lost the year before. Well, in fairness, the year before, Patrick Joyce only scored one point against Kerry. He scored ten that day. 
against Meath 